So we're going to go ahead and get started. And this morning, we're going to hear from our Military and Security Affairs Committee. And they're going to give you an update on what's going on. And we're going to start this morning with retired Colonel Chuck Keith. So I'm going to get a wipe. I'm going to wipe down my laptop, and I'm going to hand it over to him. So we're... There we go. I just need one. I'm not that dirty. There we go. Okay. All right, so Chuck, you got your big smile on? No. He's got his smile on. There we go. Okay. You're going to look into the camera. <laughs> into the camera. Okay. Yeah. All right. Stand up. I am standing up. No. Let's get you. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in in the Zoom world. This is the last time the Military and Security Affairs met was I think, last November. So, started. so um, we have not had a meeting since then, and we tried to have one before, and we finally figured out that this is the only way we're going to do it. So we're here doing it. And um, before we go any further, what we normally do, we offer offer a word of prayer before we get started. That's what I thought we'd do right now. So if you will, with me, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings and opportunities you provide in every day in our lives. Lord, we ask you continued guidance and, and presence and uh, for all who are participating today with this group and our organization. Help our country continue to move forward, Lord, and uh, we ask that you help our men and women in uniform, wherever they're serving, to be safe as long as, as as well as their family members. All of our military personnel and our government workers who are working so hard in, in, uh, in our common defense. Lord, I ask that you please continue to watch over and guide and protect all of us, wherever we may be, those who are not with us today joining in this meeting. Lord, we ask your continued guidance and blessings in your name. Amen. Amen. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to and admit a few more. Okay, Greg Brown is, is also who are our co-chair. He is going to uh, take it up from now. Uh, can you hear me from down here? Okay, good. Well, appreciate this. We've noticed in the last three to four months that one thing we have to do is be out to different circumstances. I know most of you guys have been dealing in this uh, COVID world and uh, appreciate the flexibility in being able to do this, but we didn't want to go too much longer without having an update from some of our organizations in our area as to what's going on, what missions are changing because of the result of circumstances. So we welcome all you here. We appreciate you very much for uh, participating in our faithful uh, to, to support these meetings and be involved. So, uh, with that, I think we're going to start uh, passing along to who's going to be first. We're going to start with the Center for Domestic Awareness, and Rick is here with us. And Well, thank you for inviting me here this morning. Uh, I have a few things to update you on from the uh, Center for Domestic Preparedness. Obviously, uh, despite 
2019. It actually has been a busy few months for us. Uh, many of you are aware in early March, we suspended resident training at the CDP. Uh, also, uh, a, a good uh, portion of our training every uh, that we perform is actually done mobile or non-resident. Uh, and because jurisdictions uh, and communities around the country, uh, their res the responders in their community were being, uh, <clears throat> extra demands were being placed on them due to COVID-19. A lot of that training actually uh, uh, su subsided as well. So what we've done during the past few months, I said we've been quite busy. We've actually shifted a number of our courses in, uh, in modules of other courses to online or remote, remote uh, course. Uh, we started out with producing uh, four COVID uh, COVID-19 related videos. Okay. <laughs> uh, and they dealt with uh, uh, helping responders uh, uh, wear PPE properly and uh, how to transport patients uh, who were <clears throat> either confirmed or suspected of having COVID-19. We followed that up with a, uh, we did a podcast on managing public information in a COVID-19 environment. Uh, as you can imagine, uh, holding a press conference, uh, you know, is different in a traditional uh, environment and a COVID-19 environment. Uh, again, a lot of those had to be done online or have to be done online nowadays. And uh, we, we uh, were helping responders uh, you know, learn how to uh, conduct those uh, uh, engagements. Uh, the biggest thing we've done actually is virtual instructor-led training, VILT uh, for short. Uh, we started that out with the University of Alabama at Birmingham Medical School uh, with some of their third and fourth year medical students. Uh, we provided them a, a series of modules. Basically, these were these classes uh, that we presented at a particular time, and uh, we're now offering those to other medical schools around the nation. And uh, we're also looking at uh, uh, moving six additional uh, healthcare modules or courses to that format uh, and providing those to uh, folks across the nation. We've also, moving online, we, we uh, one thing that the center does when we do have students in house here in uh, Aniston, uh, every week we have an online lecture series, which is we normally do that on Tuesday evening uh, of a training week. And it's, it's on a, a wide range of topics, uh, uh, you know, uh, that are uh, of interest to, uh, Responders in multiple disciplines, whether they're in healthcare, whether they're in uh, the fire, uh, whether they're firefighters, whether they're in law enforcement. Uh, a good example of one is uh, fentanyl. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're in healthcare or whether you're in law enforcement. You're, you're impacted by fentanyl. Uh, so we we actually have moved uh, seven lectures, which we had planned uh, during June and July. We actually moved those to uh, online delivery, uh, 
responders can go online and uh, and uh, find out different times that those are actually being presented. And uh, we have 12 additional ones in the works uh, that we're gonna move to that uh, form of delivery. Uh, the final thing, uh, uh, really the thing uh, I'm most excited to uh, talk to you about today is actually on 2 August, we're looking at a limited restart of resident training at the CDP. Uh, I know that'll be uh, of good news to many of you here in Anniston uh, and in the county, because uh, obviously when we bring folks into the county, that brings money into the county. And uh, we're hoping that, uh, hoping that we can sustain that uh, for a while. Uh, we have a number of mitigation measures in place to ensure everyone's safety uh, from social distancing to the mandatory wearing of face coverings to uh, other things. But uh, it's, you know, it's important to note that that could shift to the right, uh, depending on local, state, or national conditions. Uh, and uh, we hope that's not the case, but, uh, and uh, hope that, uh, you know, we can have a, a successful restart on 2 August, but that's uh, what we're aiming for at the moment. And uh, we'll move on from there. Okay. Right. Yep. Now we're going to hear from Nathan Hill, who's going to give us an update. Right. We're just doing a little, got a couple more people that are joining us, so they're logging in. And the reason I'm going to pass this over to the one and only Nathan Hill. And, and I just want everybody to note I am wiping the laptop down every time I pass it. Uh, you did well, Kim. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, I am Nathan Hill, the military liaison for Economic Development Council and the Chamber. Uh, I'll be briefing on the depot this morning. Uh, Phil Truett provided me some information. The depot's normal day is off day is Friday, and because of the 4th, they're celebrating the 4th on Thursday, so that's why they're not here today. But Phil gave me some good information. And uh, regardless of the pandemic, the depot continues to accomplish their mission, which I think is, is a great tribute to the leadership the depot and all their employees. Uh, they're maintaining 99% of their schedules, which is almost unheard of. Uh, having pushed some schedules to the right because of that, but they're actually producing. And the depot, like other businesses, is doing all they can to protect their workforce and uh, comply with all the CDC guidelines and so forth, keeping safe distance, keeping their food services uh, in line with CDP, with CDC guidelines and so forth, closing their gyms and the food establishments, uh, they're, they're not uh, using those. And they're also providing all their employees masks for the, the using their workforce. And uh, they, the government has done a lot of things to try to help the employees uh, because of the pandemic. And they're actually providing uh, two or three different uh, pieces of legislation that allows employees that or in the high risk areas to take uh, leave and those and that's paid leave at this time. So it's uh, the employees are being pretty well taken care of. Uh, Depot's workload uh, this year is they're gonna execute about 3.5 million direct labor hours, which is uh, one of their larger years. 
Uh, next year looks like it's going to go down some to only about 3 million direct labor hours. And a lot of that's because some of the foreign military sales work because of the pandemic and, and their situations has been pushed out some. And the U.S. Marine Corps work is uh, for tanks is being zeroed out because the U.S. Marine Corps Commandant has decided the Marine Corps doesn't need tanks anymore. So they're going to a different way of uh, fighting force in the future. We'll see how long that lasts, but it does affect the depot right now. About $38 million next year reduction in depot workload because of Marine Corps work. But we do see things uh, stay pretty stable at the depot. It looks like they're going to, them and their tenants, they're going to maintain a workforce of around 3,800 to 4,000 people. Uh, that's still a big economic impact on the community. And if that can hold stable, regardless of all the problems with the pandemic and the funding, uh, we think uh, they're going to be in good shape and hopefully uh, continue that in the future. Uh, I'm glad hopefully we can take any questions from you, but uh, that's pretty much a, a summary of what's going on at the depot. But again, it's our salute to the depot leadership and the employees for being able to support our military and our war fighters uh, throughout this pandemic period. Wonderful. Thank you, Nathan. Um, I've just logged in on my phone to make it a little bit easier. Um, at this time, we'd like to see if anyone out there has any questions. If you have a question, if you would raise your hand, we'll call on you about our presentations. If y'all see a hand come up, let me know. If not, I may call on you. Well, I see Lindsay. She's on the beach. I was just looking at winds blowing her hair next to that palm tree. And you look at Greg Potts. He looks like he's flying a helicopter this morning with a prop up there above his head. And uh, hey, Ricky Graven, hadn't seen you in a long time. <clears throat> You haven't seen me in a long time either. Also with us today, we have our, our leadership team from the Alabama Army National Guard Training Center, Colonel Griggs and Major Witherington, who came here to have biscuits with us this morning. So, um, If y'all would turn around and wave at me, I've got my... And as Linda told us, the biscuits right are at Jack's, so we're going to go to Jack's after this is over with. I guess that's the virtual biscuit. But it's real coffee that we have. So we have two today, two of our organizations that we represent. So we're going to try to come up with another date very soon in the future to have our uh, Army Guard presentation and hopefully from the Army Reserve. And uh, we'll figure out that, that time frame where we can get together again. So uh, any questions for anybody here? Has anybody heard from Jim Morris in the last couple of months? I know I haven't heard from him since maybe February. I can answer that. I actually spoke to him last week. <laughs> um, he is still in the uh, assisted living or, or the, the health care, the rehab facility. As you know, he had a hip replacement, and then not long after, he fell and broke his pelvis around the area where he had the hip replacement. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. he is in the uh, rehab facility in Piedmont, and he told me that he set himself a day of July 15th to go home, and he didn't care if he was ready to go home or not, but he was done with being there. So um, we may hear from him again soon, but he has been calling and checking in with us here at the chamber. Thank you. Greg? Brad? Yes. 
stereo in here now. We really appreciate everybody uh, being able to participate in this. And hopefully, by the next time we have military affairs, we think we're going to be freed up a little more. That we're just praying that God shuts some of this down and allows us to get back to some kind of normalcy and where we're headed with all of this. But um, surely we'll have to continue to deal with this much longer um, because it's just frustrating as all get out. Uh, but we are doing what we can do to make sure that uh, our, our duty is keeping things from spreading as much as possible so we can get back to normalcy. We certainly don't want to be participating in anything that would put people at risk or continue to foster this thing any longer. So um, we're trying to do our duty in that in each one of our companies and participate in supporting those type of things. Um, the economy side of things appears to be picking back up, I will say. Um, we are seeing a lot more uh, loadings. We're not back in uh, a full force yet, uh, but we're getting very close. It's between 90 and 95 percent. So uh, our complete customer base is returning to as much to normal as we possibly can. But for about eight weeks, we were sitting around not doing anything. So um, the, uh, it has been very challenging. Our warehouse and our military has been the strong side of the our military customers never let up. They uh, are warehouse side of things been very strong. So we're very appreciative of that. But uh, with the economy restarting and everything moving back to normal, uh, we are thankful uh, that we can sustain that and we hope we don't go back to a shutdown. So in the meantime, everyone, please continue to keep doing what you can do in order to uh, keep this thing fostering and going any further uh, from what it is so that we can get back to normal. I was going to ask Colonel Graves, would you like to say anything about uh, the operation of the installation? All right. Yeah, well, operation. I can let me let me get it's here to you. If you'll look at me. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so uh, I think any people that uh, frequent uh, Fort McClellan are probably already aware uh, that we've uh, we've returned to more of our normal uh, uh, access uh, operations in terms of who we allow on the post. We reduced it for a little while to uh, to essential personnel uh, for, for several reasons, but uh, but we have opened the post back up. Uh, we do ask anyone that comes to Apex to uh, to wear a mask. We uh, the the occupants be there to ten pack ten personnel. So um, outside of that, uh, normal operations. Our gym is uh, only open for a few hours a day, and it's just for uniform service members that are there uh, in transit. We have some soldiers, of course, that are going through uh, unit training. Uh, pre-mobilization training and so uh, they're allowed to use the gym um, but other than that feel free to call me if you have any questions uh, hopefully we can get a the opportunity to brief the group uh, here in the next month or so uh, and we can give you some details about some ongoing uh, construction and other activities thanks he said that when they shut the post down just for essential personnel I really enjoyed being a non-essential personnel he wouldn't let me on either, so it hurt my feelings. Okay.